So this episode is the first episode featuring my wife, Katie. The original plan was to include her in every case, but she was a little bit nervous, I guess, at first. But she's here now. So from now on, Katie will be a part of each case, except for the bonus episodes. Those are just me. This is the Lizzie Borden case. So enjoy our conversation we had. Lizzie Andrew Borden was born July 19, 1860, in Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah Anthony Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. Her father, who was of English and Welsh descent, grew up in very modest surroundings and struggled financially as a young man, despite being the descendant of a wealthy and influential... Influential? Influential! Wealthy and influential local residents, Andrew eventually prospered in the manufacture and sale of furniture and caskets, and then he became a successful property developer. He was a director of several textile mills and owned considerable commercial property. He was also president of the Union Savings Bank and a director of the Durfee Safe Deposit and Trust Co., at his death, his estate was valued at $300,000, which is the equivalent of $9 million in 2021 and $9,630,000 in 2022. Lizzie had an older sister named Emma Lenora Borden, born 1851. She had a relatively religious upbringing and attended Central Congregational Church. As a young woman, Lizzie was very involved in church activities Andrew married Abby Durfee Gray three years after Lizzie, Lizzie's mother passed away. Lizzie called her stepmother Mrs. Borden and demurred on whether they had a cordial relationship. She believed that Abby had married her father just for his wealth. In May 1892, Andrew killed multiple pigeons in his barn with a hatchet, believing that they were attracting local children to hunt them. Lizzie had recently built a roost for these pigeons, and it had been commonly recounted that she was upset over his killing of them, though the veracity of this has been disputed. That's a big word. A family argument in July 1892 prompted both sisters to take extended vacations in New Bedford. Uh, after returning to Fall River, Lizzie chose to stay in a local rooming house for four days before returning to the family residence. Tensions were very high in the Borden home at this point. So, tensions were very high in the Borden home at this point, especially over Andrew's gifts of real estate to various branches of Abby's family. Remember, Abby's the stepmom. 
John Vinicum Morse, the brother of Lizzie and Emma's deceased mother, so their uncle, visited and was invited to stay for a few days by Andrew. Uh, the days leading up to the murders, the family was violently ill. A family friend later speculated that mutton left on the stove to use in meals over several days was the cause, but Abby had feared that they had been poisoned, given that Andrew was not a popular man. The Murders John Morse arrived, so their uncle, arrived in the evening of August 3rd and slept in the guest room that night. After breakfast the next morning, at which Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, John, and the Borden's maid, Bridget, Maggie Sullivan, were present, Andrew and John went to the sitting room where they chatted for nearly an hour. Morse left around 8.48 a.m. to buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece in Fall River, planning to return to the Borden home for lunch at noon. Andrew left for his morning walk sometime after 9. Although the cleaning of the guest room was one of Lizzie and Emma's regular chores, Abby went upstairs sometime between 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. to make the bed. According to the forensic investigation, Abby was facing her killer at the time of her attack. She was first struck on the side of the head with, the, with a hatchet, which cut her just above the ear, causing her to turn and fall down, fall face down on the floor, creating contusions on her nose and forehead. Her killer then struck her multiple times, delivering more than 17 direct hits to the back of her head, killing her. When Andrew returned home at around 10.30 a.m., his key failed to open the door, so he knocked. Sullivan went to unlock the door, finding it jammed. And she, I'm guessing she, it says she uttered a curse, so she probably cussed or something. I don't know. She would later testify that she heard Lizzie laughing immediately after this. She, not, she did not see Lizzie, but stated that the laughter was coming from the top of the stairs. It's, uh, that's fucking... That's creepy shit. I mean, why would you laugh at a situation that's, like that? That's scary. This was considered significant as Abby was already dead by this time, and her body would have been visible to anyone in the home's second floor. Lizzie later denied being upstairs and testified that her father had asked her where Abby was, to which she replied that a messenger had delivered Abby a summons to visit a sick friend. Lizzie stated that she had removed Andrew's boots and helped him into his slippers before he before he lay down on the sofa for a nap, a detail that contradicts that contradicted by the crime scene photos, uh, which show Andrew wearing boots. I, I think you know the photo that was right. The one with the dudes on the ground. Yeah. She then informed Sullivan of a department store sale and offered her permission to attend, but Sullivan felt unwell and went to take a nap in her bedroom instead. Sullivan testified that she was in her third room, her third floor room, resting from cleaning windows. When just before 11.10 a.m., she heard Lizzie call from downstairs, Maggie, come quick, father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Andrew was slumped on a couch in the downstairs sitting room, struck 10 or 11 times with a hatchet, a hatchet-like weapon. One of his eyes had been split cleanly in two. Okay. <laughs> suggesting that he had been asleep when attacked. 
His still bleeding wounds suggested a very recent attack. Dr. Bowen, the family's physician, arrived from his home across the, right across the street, I guess he lived, and pronounced both victims dead. Detectives estimated that Andrew's death had occurred at approximately 11 a.m. So dude's eye was cut like, directly in half from his eyeball. Lizzie see, why, why did the stepmom get a far more brutal killing than the dad? You'll remember Lizzie referred to her as Mrs. Borden. Yeah, but her dad took her out of the room after the thing. Well, that's not me. She got something. Yeah, but she didn't get nearly as much as Abby did. Well, Abby didn't get anything she her. <laughs> her family got... <laughs> Lizzie Borden's initial answers to the police officer's questions were at times strange and contradictory. Initially, she reported hearing a groan or a scraping noise or a distress call before entering the house. But remember, I mean, she's saying she wasn't even in the house, but the maid couldn't open the door and apparently she was at the top of the stairs laughing. Two hours later, she told police that she had heard nothing and entered the house not realizing that anything was wrong. Which, I don't believe that one bit because... That can't be true because the maid was in her room taking a nap. Maid was in her room taking a nap. Mom was upstairs, visible to the whole house, essentially, if you walked up the stairs. And, and, dead, and, and father, and was, father downstairs. was downstairs in the sitting room, which I'm... If I'm doing... That would be if I'm mapping like equivalent to like a family room or... Yeah, if I'm mapping the house, it'd be like you go in and I'm guessing the sitting room's pretty close. When she asked where her stepmother was, she recounted, oh, when asked when, ugh, when asked where her stepmother was, she recounted Abby receiving a note asking her to visit a sick friend. She also stated that she thought Abby had returned and asked if someone could go upstairs to look for her. Sullivan and a neighbor, Mrs. Churchill, were halfway up the stairs, their eyes level with the floor. When they looked into the guest room, they saw Abby lying face down on the floor. So police found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head, and a broken handle. That was in the basement. So when they searched the whole house, that's what they found in the basement. The hatchet head was suspected of being the murder weapon as the break in the handle appeared fresh, and the ash and dust on the head, unlike that on the other bladed tools, appeared to have been deliberately applied to make it look as if it had been in the basement for some time. So they're saying the mur like what they think is the murder weapon was like dirtied up to make it look older and like it had been in the basement for a really long time. Okay, the person really wants to cover up a murder, they're gonna do everything they can. Most of the officers who interviewed Borden reported that they disliked her attitude. Some said that she was too calm and poised despite her attitude and changing alibis. Nobody bothered to check her for bloodstains. Police did search her room, but it was a cur it was a cursory inspection. At the trial, they admitted to not doing a proper search because Borden was not feeling well. They were subsequently criticized for their lack of diligence. Didn't she change her dress? I know. I never found that detail. I'm pretty sure. That might be one of the details that has just been like. I'm pretty sure that she changed her dress. Well, with a lot of the, with, with a lot of the one. with a lot of these cases, like details over the years have been added to mystify it and make it more than what it really is. Oh, well, if that happened, then it happened. If it didn't, then it was a lie. Borden appeared at the inquest hearing on August 8th, 
the district attorney the district attorney was very aggressive and confrontational on august 11th borden was served with a warrant of arrest and jailed the inquest received significant press attention nationwide including an extensive three-page write-up in the boston globe the grand jury began hearing evidence on november 7th and borden was indicted on december 2nd a prominent point of discussion in the trial with press coverage of it was the hatchet head found in the basement which was not convincingly convincingly demonstrated by the prosecution to be the murder weapon prosecutors argued that the killer had removed the handle because it would have been covered in blood both victims heads had been removed during autopsy and the skulls were admitted as evidence during the trial and presented on june 5th 1893 upon seeing them in the courtroom borden faded fainted so lizzie lizzie passed out and she saw her parents skulls i guess i mean but after you commit such a brutal crime like that i don't really see how that could be the thing that makes you faint remember allegedly i strongly feel that she killed her daughter and her son evidence was excluded that borden had sought to purchase prussic acid which is hydrogen cyanide purportedly for cleaning a seal skin cloak from a local druggist on the day of the murders the judge ruled that the incident was too remote in time to have any connection so she i guess she was buying some sort of acid to clean i don't know what a seal skin coat cloak is but okay See, that's just more evidence to make well, they else. Well, they didn't put that in there because it didn't, they said they didn't have any connection to that. The jury was set to deliberate on June 20th, 1893. After an hour and a half of deliberation, the jury acquitted Borden of the murders. Upon exiting the courthouse, she told reporters that she was the happiest woman in the world. So if, if some people, will, I mean, some people believe that she could kill her parents. I mean, she got, she got away with it. She, she didn't get charged with it. Yeah, and now she's the happiest person in the world, mm-hmm. knowing that she doesn't have a father or a live father anymore. And you know, on. and you know, she got some inheritance because we'll get into that. Writer Victoria Lincoln proposed in 1967 that Borden might have committed the murders while in a fugue state. Another prominent suggestion was that she was physically and sexually abused by her father, which drove her to kill him. I don't agree with that. It does happen, though. Sadly, it does happen. There's little evidence to support this, but incest is not a topic that would have been discussed at the time. So, another significant suspect is John Morse, Lizzie's uncle. So, there's your thing that you were talking about. Who rarely met with the family after his sister died. Remember, her mom died. But had slept in the house the night before the murders. According to law enforcement, Morse had provided an absurdly perfect and over-detailed alibi for the death of Abby Gordon. He was considered a suspect for a brief period of time. So I don't think he was the only suspect. So, I think that him and Lizzie conspired together to commit the crimes. Could have, but if I'm I'm so absurdly perfect and over-detailed alibi. For the death of Which means he went above and he beyond. He went above and beyond. Yeah, and most of the time when people do that in these cases of murder or whatever crime, it's it's usually something to look at because no one remembers. You know, like that's well, like most of the time that's when the, people... going over above and beyond like that. It's like let's say 
I don't know. Like that that's like, like me. If I did a horrible thing and then I I woke my up at I woke up I woke up at exactly five twenty five a.m. I ate a bowl of cereal at five twenty eight a.m. This was the cereal. This is the milk I use. This is the brand I use. Like that's what they're talking about. Yeah. See, and no one talks like that. Right. After the trial, the Borden sisters moved into a large modern house in the Hill neighborhood of Fall River. Around this time, Lizzie began using the name Lizbeth A. Borden. At their new house, which Lizbeth dubbed Maplecroft, they had a staff that included live-in maids, a housekeeper, and a coachman. Because Abby was ruled to have died before Andrew, her estate went first to Andrew, and then at his death, passed to his daughters as part of his estate. So... They did that on purpose. So the sisters got everything because stepmommy was murdered and then Andrew got killed on the same day. Yeah, but they killed the stepmom first to ensure that she was already out of the picture. A considerable settlement, though, however, was paid to settle the claims by Abby's family. So the stepmom's family did get some money from the Bordens. Yeah, but yeah, could have been a lot. You never know. Borden was ill in her last year following the removal of her gallbladder. She died of a pneumonia on June 1st, 1927 in Fall River. Funeral details were not published and few attended, so no one really went to her funeral. Because everyone thinks she's a murderer. Nine days later, Emma died from chronic nephritis at the age of 76 in a nursing home in Newmarket, New Hampshire having moved to this location in 1923 for both health region reasons and to avoid renewed attention following the publication of another book about the murders. So throughout the years, these, these two sisters were trying to, I'm getting the vibe they, they were trying to move on and they just books and books and books kept coming out and they like, they would be cool for a little bit and then new book comes out. All of a sudden they're the most hated people at Fall River. Well, how are you supposed to run away when you're, you're, well, essentially, yeah. Well, yeah. You're convicted, you by, that, and you still live in Fall River. Like if they never really, left. If you really want to get away from where the tragedy happened, you shouldn't be staying in the same town. So the two sisters, neither of whom had ever married, were buried side by side in the family plot in Oak Grove Cemetery. So the Borden House is now a museum and operates as a bed and breakfast with the 19, 1980s, 1890s styling. Pieces of evidence used in the trial, including the axe head that they found, are preserved in the Fall River Historical Society. So that's that's the house that we see all over TV, where you can go and stay, where the you know where the murders happened, and like apparently you know you get sit with like at the same couch essentially as her dad was murdered, and you can sleep in the same room where Abby was killed. You sleep in Lizzie's room. I could sleep in the maid room too, and then so, figure out why she never heard anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, remember uh, the Ghost Boys? Yeah, Shane and they, Ryan. Shane and Ryan were in I the maid. They I went in the maid's. They went in the maid's room, and then I think it was I Ryan. Ryan. He went downstairs and started like making noise, and Shane. Um, one of them went downstairs. Ryan stayed in the maid's room, and Shane. And started making noise to see if he could hear it. And you can. You can, but not. It's very faint. Yeah, but if you're trying to take a nap, which I can prove this because I love my naps, I can hear everything when I'm trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
the case was memorialized in a popular skipping rope rhyme, which is what I mean, everyone knows it. So Everyone should yeah, know Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. So everybody knows that. The rhyme also has a second verse that I found. So there's two parts. The second one goes to, it goes, Andrew Borden now is dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven he will sing on the gallows. She will swing. Ooh, I've never heard that. It's pretty, it's pretty dark. Definitely more encrypting. It's that's that's more. I almost want to say the first part is like a more childish, and the second part is very, very dark. Even though, in the first part, she's talking about they're talking about whacking parents, but okay. Yeah, but the second part is more gruesome. Almost 100 years after the murder, in a 1984 novel, Lizzie by Ed McBain floated the possibility that Lizzie was secretly a lesbian and may have been having an affair with the family's maid, Bridget Sullivan. Have you ever heard that theory? I have heard that theory, actually. It's a newer theory, because, I mean, 1984, that's when that came out. I have heard that theory, though. When Andrew and Abby found out about the affair, their reaction drove Lizzie to murder them, either out of rage or to hide her secret or both? I think she's just deranged. I'm, yeah. It's a theory that is impossible to prove, but is still but it's still caught on. Some people actually think it is fact simply because they've heard about it so many times. So it's one of those things where it's been passed around so many times since 1984 that people think she was she was gay. I mean, it's kind of like when kids tell a lie. Mm. You tell a lie so many times, you make yourself believe it as if it was true. In reality, though, there was no mention of Lizzie's sexual orientation in her trial, and it didn't seem to be theory the media or locals indulged in. I mean, I don't really think people really care about her sexual orientation. I think they're more focused on, did she kill her father and her stepmom? And if she did, I think the most important question here is, why? So what do you think? I think she did it. You think Lizzie did it herself? No. I think that she and her uncle conspired together and came up with, like, an alibi. And they they did the murders, and then they did whatever they had to do to make everybody think that they didn't do it. Here's where I stand on it, is if they did that, why would Lizzie and her uncle plot part of it to be where Lizzie gets in trouble for it? And could theoretically, she could have gotten sentenced to death for that. I mean, he could have gotten in trouble too. Yeah, but he had a like rock-solid alibi according to 1800s police work. But but his alibi. But then again, too... he. But then again, he could have been more like calm about the situation because remember the police were saying that Ab, not Abby, Lizzie was a bit of an asshole when they were talking to her, and she was really arrogant and really like she. They did not like her because of her attitude. Well, I mean, that's what they kept. Like, that's what you... everything I read kept saying is that like it was her attitude, her attitude, her attitude, and that could come. Well, if with you get on Google thing. and you look up Lizzie Borden and you see pictures of her, I mean, even in her pictures, she does not look like a very approachable person. But apparently she was, though. She one part, doesn't look Well, like one it. part I left out of this, because I didn't think it was, like, super relevant, is I guess she was really popular around town. Like, she was, like, the life of the party. 
Well, her pictures say otherwise. I know her pictures do say, but then, but also, back then, no one smiled in those pictures. Yeah, but even if you don't smile, I think. Well, you, you had to you sit can, there to get your picture taken you for over the birdhouse and fucking some expression a smoke screen and a flashbang grenade and. I don't know. <laughs> if she didn't do it, then it I would had to really. Have been the uncle. Then I would really like to know who did. I don't think she was gay. I can tell you that. Well. I don't think so. Because, I mean, if she was, wouldn't you think that if she was, like, in love with the maid so much to where they got caught or they conspired to kill her parents or something, that, like, when her and her sister moved into their house, this like, the maid would be their maid? Like, she would go with them? Well, maybe the murders was just too much for her to deal with. Yeah, but I couldn't see... Like, so if you're in, like... You know, like let, let like us, we get together. Let's say that the demo proposed this. We get together. How am I gonna? Okay, we get together. Your family is so against it that you come to me to plot to kill your parents because of this, and we go about doing it, and then all of a sudden I think it's too much and leave you. Like, wouldn't you think she wouldn't be able to, like, live the I rest? I mean, in a sense, she wouldn't be able to... kind of just described, like, the Gypsy Rose case. Yeah, but she... but but she, but separate. I know, but that but back then, things like this did not happen as much. Like, people weren't as desensitized to this. So, like, Lizzie, I don't think, would be able to go on and live a normal life and try to pretend like none of this happened and change her name and everything else. I feel like she would be like, no, 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 no. So my theory is that some bad blood was going on between her uncle, which very rarely came around, and it just so happened that the night before he stayed at their house, and the next morning they get murdered. I think the uncle had a lot to do with it. Lizzie, yeah, but see, Lizzie knew no, Lizzie knew about it because she was probably manipulated enough by her uncle because she didn't like her stepmom. But where did the uncle go after all this? That's a great question. He was a suspect, and he was dropped as a suspect. So after that, they don't they don't monitor what he's doing. They don't need to talk to him anymore. I know, but he just gave an alibi, and then that was just enough to let him go. I mean, they're back not, in they're not gonna back in the eighteen hundreds, police work, forensic investigation really wasn't. I mean, a it thing. was pretty much like a yeah, he didn't do it. Let him go. Yeah, it was like hey. I wish it was like hey, that now. Did you no? It's like <laughs> hey, did you murder Lizzie's parents? Nah, bro. Okay, yeah, he's clean. He's good. That's pretty much what happened. Well, all of and it does happen today, but all of the evidence essentially points more to Lizzie, but yet she got. But I couldn't see Lizzie murdering her parents, and then never even a deathbed confession. Like you would think, like there have been so many cases of people that have done something like this and kept it to the like to the grave essentially, and then on their deathbed they finally confess to it. Well, because it eats them up for I so don't think, long. yeah, it would have ate her up. It would have ate her alive. And she, I feel like she would have at least told but her sister. But they talked, you talked about her maybe not being in the right state of mind when she did all of this. Which so was maybe, where I think she was manipulated by her uncle. Well, maybe she could have, like, I, I don't know how it would happen, but maybe she could have, like, blacked out and done it and not remembered Yeah, I, it, that could herself. Yeah, that could have doing that. I mean, we don't really so then know. when they asked her, like, 
hey, did you do this to your father or did you do this to Abby? And she says no. It's because she really doesn't know if she did it. I think it's because the uncle manipulated her. Well, I would like to know what he did on his deathbed. Or if he's even still alive. I'm sure. He's not alive. (laughs) He He would be like over 100 years old. You don't know. Like 140 something years old. Back in the day, they they did <laughs> crazy medicines, and he could have just. Oh, um, they said do some cocaine about it. Came up. Here's with some this here's some heroin for your medical magic life for, for your tummy ache. Here's some heroin, but no, he's definitely not alive. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was. No, this is eight, this is 1800s. He ain't alive. Trust me, he's not alive. I think he manipulated her and got her all revved up, hyped up about not liking her stepmom. She killed her stepmom, and then I personally feel that... You think the uncle killed the dad? No, I think the uncle was not even there. I think he convinced Lizzie to kill the stepmom. She did it, realized what she did, and I... And decided she had to get rid of her dad. No, hold on. She realized what she did. Then I think what happened is the maid... You know, the top of the stairs thing, the maid hadn't caught on yet because Lizzie was at the top of the stairs. The maid was downstairs. She hasn't seen the body yet of her mom, her stepmom. So what I think is she was laughing because she, it was one of those like nervous laughs. You know how some people, they just cannot help but laugh when they're nervous. Like when people cry hysterically. Yeah, it was kind of like one of those like weird nervous laughs. But I mean, it's just I just don't understand if you... I mean, she got stabbed with an axe, what, 17 times? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And, I mean, think about it. You have to do all that swinging. You know that's going to hurt your arm. Lizzie is a female, no offense. She was first struck on the side of the head with the hatchet, which cut her above her ear, causing her to turn and fall face down the floor. Yeah, delivering 17 or more direct hits to the back of the head. Okay, so, again, to my theory, not sexist towards women or men or anything, but I, myself, could not swing an axe. What's well, not an axe. 17 plus. It's a hatchet. Even a then. Hatchet's, it, a hatchet is like the size of a hammer, like a, like a claw hammer. That's a, It's, but a, it's literally a hammer handle with an axe head on it. But to do that much damage and kill a person, 17 or more swings, wouldn't that... I mean, yeah, you tire yourself out. I mean, yeah. that is not easy to do. But And then let's just, when you're, let's well, just with, go with, out on a with, limb here and say that she did it to her father, too. Well, with the stepmom... If I you, mean, that's if you, a lot of work. With the stepmom, it was way more brutal. And that's where I come up with my theory is that the uncle got her all hyped up about not liking the stepmom, so she needs to go. She brutally murdered her stepmother. Then when her dad got home, like, it was one of those, I feel like she could have been laughing, like, oh, shit, what do I do now? And then what, I, what, what I'm imagining is dad comes in, like, finally gets in the house because, remember, his key didn't work, which I guess was a common thing back then. 
I've, I've heard that and read that in multiple things and heard that on other podcasts that like keys I just even think that keys just keys well it, they did but like keys just didn't work I'm guessing it's it was a lot I don't know the technicality of it is weird but so dad gets in the house and she starts taking care of him you know like removes his boots puts slippers on him helps him lay down on the sofa and stuff you know for a nap and I feel like what no one would know unless they go back in time there were actually a fly on the wall during this is he started asking like where's your stepmom you know like like where like where is she at and then when it turns and the into the other thing too is why did she yeah why her, did she put him on the couch well her you know, father asked her, her to go her, sleep on a bed yeah. yeah but i mean those couches they they had like sleeping couches like the fainting couch style you know like they're made to be laid on but, like, you know, he asked her where Abby was. So he asked her where her stepmom was. And it, she said that she got that message to come visit a sick friend, which I think my theory, and like I said, what I'm imagining is is that signaled a red flag in his mind because he's probably like, um, what are you talking about? Like this, no, like this, she doesn't do this. And then Lizzie was it's like, awesome. it was one of those like, Lizzie, Lizzie. Who's, who's the friend? You know, like exactly. married exactly. they have communication. Well, that, or it could be one of those, like, Lizzie could have just said it in a way that it piqued his interest and he started questioning her more, and that's when she said, okay, well, now I have to get rid of him, too. But the the theory with her being a lesbian, I feel like most of that comes out because the maid was in the house the whole time. Yeah. And the maid apparently saw Lizzie standing at the top of the stairs acting weird. Why didn't the maid start questioning anything? The thing, too, is, okay, so Abby was murdered in her room on the second floor, right? Yes. But the maid... Was on the third floor. Was on the third floor. Was on the third floor. she had to come down at some point. It probably was one of those, like, maybe... So, you see it? Well, the pictures... Well, the pictures, remember, uh, Abby's, like, on the side of the bed. So, maybe it was one of those, you know, like, you walk past her room and you just... Just so happened to not see anything. I mean that that's the only option I could think. I just of. don't understand how, and I'm not a hundred percent sure on this because I don't. No one's a hundred. Well, no one's a hundred percent sure on any of these details because everybody's going off of what Lizzie had to say about it. Well, I'm just saying, like the houses. I don't necessarily know how the houses were built back in the day compared to how they're built now, but if a person were to get struck as much as Abby did and then hit the floor. You'd hear it. You you would have to hear that thump on the floor because obviously we know it's hardwood. They didn't have carpet back then. So, I mean, if you put two and two together, it just makes sense. There's so many red flags in this story, and I don't think that it's just because we're going off of what Lizzie said in court. I just think that if you really break it down and look at it, there's so many things that stick out that don't make sense. And it just points to there being more to this, but we're never going to know what those are. So what's your final opinion? My final opinion, I think that she did it. Her alone? No. I think that her and her uncle did it. And even though you're saying that you don't think that he killed them, I think that he did. I think that he convinced her to kill Abby 
And then I think he went after her dad. That he killed the dad? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I, I still am very firm on the fact that my, I mean... I only think that because of how I think he manipulated Lizzie's her. Mom I think died. he manipulated her into murdering the stepmother. Her father came in and started questioning, like, what's going on here type thing. And she made the de- executive decision, I guess you can say, that he has to go to. I don't think the uncle ever planned for the dad to die. But I think she could have also went into The a, uncle could have done a sneak attack and well, came in. And but it. also, I mean, you got to think about really is no the whole the whole, the whole whole fugue state thing that they were talking about. Like, her black, like she didn't remember anything. That could have been... She... All that anger for her stepmother could have came out. And she wasn't actually supposed to, like, brutally murder her stepmom the way she did. So she could have been like, oh, you know, realize what she did. And that's why she's laughing at the top of the stairs because she's in a psychotic state and then murdered her dad without even really realizing it. Well, then maybe she shouldn't have been allowed to be set free. Maybe she yeah, should that's have what, gone. Yeah, that's my, my, my final. Too. I know they didn't have mental hospitals back then. Oh, they did. Well, but it wasn't, not... a, it wasn't like a main big deal. It wasn't like back then it was mostly like women are on their period and like, oh, they're crazy now. We got to send them to the mental hospital. Yeah, see, that's not right. You can get put in the mental hospital for literally any reason. Like I mean, if, that's just If you sneeze as... in a weird way back then, you got put in the mental if hospital. If I'm good at math, I'm You're a witch. witch. So. Yep. But I think Lizzie, I think Lizzie did it. I think she should have been, me personally, I think she should have been tried and convicted of it. And I think the uncle should have been tried and convicted of it, too. I think that they should have done more evidence because, I, I mean, think they, both they got did admit murder. that they didn't really do a full, like, sweep of Lizzie because she wasn't feeling good. Right. I think that they should have gone back when she was feeling better and done a Well, they, I don't search. think they should have done that because that would have given her more time to, like, clean herself up and get her story straight. Well, maybe they could have just, like, okay, well, you lay down and we'll be quiet. No, we'll no, 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 no. It doesn't matter about feeling good at that point. I think they were being too respectful in that situation because the Bordens were a wealthy family in Fall River. So I think they had the money on to their advantage. And Lizzie apparently being super popular and, you know, it, Oh, Lizzie didn't do this, but they needed to look into literally everybody. So it's like Paul River Sweet. Yeah, and that's what I think that's how she and her uncle both got away from her. So do you have anything else to say? Okay.